0: We'll begin reading from Romans chapter 6, beginning in verse 1. There's several other passages of scripture we want to look at as a follow-up of this morning's sermon. Uh, baptism, of course, has several different significant meanings to us as we look at the the act of baptism and also the fact that we're having a baptism in our church speaks volumes that the church is at work and God is at work here but we want to look at something else another aspect of baptism and then turn it around to a personal application in Romans chapter 6 beginning in verse 1 would you stand as the scriptures read please what shall we say then shall we continue in sin that grace may abound certainly not How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? Or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ were baptized into his death? Therefore we were buried with him through baptism into death, just as Christ was raised from the the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should walk in newness of life. For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection." Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin. Let's pray together, please. Father, thank you for your word. We thank you for explaining things to us, things that we can take down to a personal level. And Father, live by day by day. We ask that you would help us as a church, rejoice with each baptism and learn, Father, the significance of what we do here. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Baptism, of course, is mentioned here, and I alluded to that this morning. This is the passage of scripture that we based this on as a visual illustration of the believer being regenerated, the believer being born again a new creature, being brought up from the dead, from spiritual death, and brought up as a brand new creature. You know the passage of Scripture in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Baptism is a visual illustration of this passage of scripture. If any man be in Christ, he's a brand new creature. We come up, of course, in Jesus Christ and we're brand new. Now, this ordinance should remind us not only of our regeneration, but in verse 4 of this passage of scripture in Romans chapter 6, he said, even though we should walk in newness of a life. Now that word walk means, of course, our lifestyle, our behavior. Because we're a new creature, because we've been regenerated, because we uh, have a, a new life in Jesus Christ, the old man of sin is crucified and we're raised up a brand new creature, he said, you need to walk In newness of life. This is exactly what baptism should remind us of every time we see one. Not just of what Jesus did, and not just what happened in the life of the candidate for baptism, but also it reminds us we are new creatures in Jesus. We have been born again, we have been regenerated, therefore our lives should reflect that. If you turn to Colossians chapter 3, verse 1, Paul Kind of develops this thought to a little bit more detail. Colossians chapter 3, verse 1. If you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ is sitting on the right hand of God. This word if here means since. He's not questioning whether or not they have been raised with Christ because you see where the letter is addressed to, it's addressed to the church at Colossae, which means he's talking to save people. So what he's saying is since then you've been raised with Christ. Seek those things which are above where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things of the earth, for you died. And your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Therefore, put to death your members which are on the earth, fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience, in which you yourself once walked when you lived in them. But now you yourselves are to put off all these. Anger wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth, and do not lie to one another since you have put off the old man with his deeds and you've put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. Verse 12, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering bearing with one another, and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. Now we focus sometimes on that first part, where Paul tells a believer what they should not do. And he lists all kinds of sins, and certainly one of them is probably something that applies to our life. As we look at the first list, which is some really low-down, sleazy sins, and we say, oh, we'd, we'd never have anything to do with that. But then he says, and then you are to put off anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth and don't lie to each other. Then we realize he's dealing a lot with our thought processes, too. So we understand he says, here's what should not be in your life when you are raised again with Christ. If then, since then, you're raised with Christ, these things should have nothing to do with your life. But then he says this, verse 12. Here's what we should include, and here's what we want to pay attention to. Put on tender mercies, kindness. Then he goes on humility, meekness, longsuffering, bearing with one another, forgiving one another. And then he says, above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. Now, we could go into all of this list, but I want to zero in on three that he mentioned because we're about to look at a personal illustration. He says, put on these or include in your life kindness, mercy, and love. Remember that. As a new creature in Christ, if we're going to walk in newness of life, since we're raised up as a new creature in Christ, of the things that we should include, tender mercy, kindness, and love. Now, there's nothing that helps us understand a biblical principle better than a personal example in illustration in somebody's life. So, we're going to turn back to Acts chapter 16, where we were this morning. And we're going to look at an individual who experienced exactly what we're speaking of a man who was dead in his trespasses and sin, a man who was dead spiritually and a man who was born again. And this man, of course, was baptized. And we mentioned this morning, that's what people saw, but all the things that were behind the scenes that made this baptism possible. But let's look at the things that this baptism signified in his life. We're talking about the Philippian jailer. Now, as we talk about being a new creature, walking in newness of life, very few people in Scripture Reflect the truth of this doctrine and this thought better than this guy. So we want to look back at what he was before Jesus. Back in chapter uh, 16, verse 23. When they had laid many stripes on them, that's Paul and Silas, they, they threw them into prison, commanding the jailer to keep him securely. Having received such a charge, he put them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in the stocks. I want to look at what was required. What was required of this man is that he just put them in jail and keep them secure. That's all that was required. But he went over and above what was required. It says he put them in the inner prison. The King James says that he thrust them in the inner prison, and then Barclay, a Greek scholar, says he flung them into the inner prison. And I think another English translation says he threw them into the inner prison. Now, the inner prison was literally under the jail. It was the basement of the jail. It was the inner prison under where everything else was. It was the most secure part of the prison. Now, you didn't have to throw them down the stairs to put them in jail. But he roughed them up a bit. He didn't have to do that. But all English translations and the Greek scholar agrees that this verb means... He threw them into that lower prison. Something else he did that he didn't have to do. All that was required, he kept them secure. He was putting them in jail in the inner part of the prison. It says he put their feet in the stocks. Didn't have to do that. That was not required. All that was required is to put them into the jail. So he throws them into the inner prison and puts their feet in the stock. There was roughness and coarseness in his behavior that was not required for the job. He couldn't just say, well, they asked me to do this. I'm just doing this. This is something he wanted to do. This is something he enjoyed doing. He took these guys, and he handled them very roughly and stuck their feet in the stocks, and they had already received lashes on their backs. Uh, Roberson, a biblical scholar, another Greek scholar, as he reviewed uh, and researched all this, said these stocks did not have to be put on. It was more or less a a discretion of the jailer. So we understand he made some decisions concerning how he was going to act and what he was going to do. And his behavior was over and above the level of coarseness and meanness and roughness that a jailer needed to to, uh, exercise. Well, what happened after he was saved? Well, look down in verse 33 and 34. And he, talking about the jailer, took them the same hour of the night and washed their stripes. And immediately he and all his family were baptized. Now, when he had brought them into his house, he set food before them, and he rejoiced, having believed in God with all his household. Now, he's just been saved. I mean, we're talking about moments after he was saved Look at the change that he would made in his life. What was required of the jailer? All that was required of the jailer that he put these guys back in jail because he didn't want to lose all the prisoners. All The doors were open, the chains were loosened. All that was required of him is he would just put them back in prison and everything would be just like it was before. But what did he do? Well, he washed their stripes. Now, these were the same wounds on their backs that were on there when he threw them into the inner prison. And one thing about the inner prison, they did not clean the inner prison. You were in there with all the filth and the squalor. You could smell Roman prisons from miles downwind. Now their backs had been cut and the skin broken. They were bleeding. They were bruised. And he threw them into all that. He didn't care about it. He didn't care about infection. He didn't care about their wounds. What happened after he we was saved? After he was saved, it says he took them and he washed all that filth out of their sores. He didn't have to do that, did he? He did over and above what was required. Then what happened? It says, and he set food before them and brought them into his home. They didn't spend the rest of the night in jail. They spent the rest of the night in his house. Did he have to do that? Absolutely not. In fact, the the Roman authorities may have frowned on it. But what made the difference? Why did he go over and above what was required in dealing with Paul and Silas and washing their stripes, bringing them into a more comfortable place, and setting food before them? What made the difference between the man that threw them into the prison and a man that welcomed them into his own home? jesus christ made the difference you see that's a vivid illustration of what paul was saying since we're raised with christ we should walk in newness of life and just like this man went over and above over the top with the kindness and the mercy and the love that he showed to paul and silas we should be over the top and do more than just required that just like he was to the worst extreme Now he's to the extreme and over the top, doing more than anybody would expect him to do, and the difference between this man and this man, Jesus Christ. That's the lesson of walking in newness of life. May it make a difference in how we walk this week. Is there anything before we close?